Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Full Throttle. And there is so much to talk about this week. There is just so much going on. We've had a sensational MotoGP opener in Qatar, won by Andrea Dovizioso, just again on the Ducati, the new look redder Ducati than it was last year, just beating Mark Marcus, but what a sensational scrap. And of course, the great news coming out in the last few days that Discovery's very own Quest will be showing highlights of all the MotoGP races in 2019, so watch out for that. But BSB's coming up soon as well. We'll be speaking to Taron McKenzie, who's on his way to the Monte Blanco test. As we speak, as you listen to this, Wednesday to Friday, we have three days of BSB testing at Monte Blanco in Spain. Then there's a day off, and all of the teams and riders will make their way, not too far, to Portimao in Portugal for two more days on Sunday and Monday. And of course, while all that's happening, we'll have World Superbike action as well in Thailand. And we'll be catching up with Neil McKenzie later on in the show to have a quick chat about that. But first of all, Taran is on the line in the car, I believe, on his way to the Monte Blanco test. Where are you, Taz? Just uh, picked up the high car, so we're just on the... We're still in Portugal at the moment, but we're just driving across to Seville, so we'll go to the track today. So there's not actually much testing, is there, to get done before the season starts? So how do you know where to put the focus and, you know, what to concentrate on before you get to Silverstone? Yeah, uh, we tested at the end of last year, so the bike hasn't changed massively, really, from last year. So, well, the test me and Jason both had... uh, in December was really positive and sort of all the little niggles and problems we had during the year we sort sorted uh, sort of fixed so this test is just about getting back into the swing of things and blowing the cobwebs off and sort of confirming what we tried at the end of last year sort of works at a different track so yeah looking forward to getting back to it though. it's going to be quite good actually isn't it I guess for you that it all starts on the Silverstone National Circuit because you went pretty well there at the end of last year it was a chaotic race weekend wasn't it but some great racing and some good results for you as well yeah it's perfect when I saw that was first in the calendar I was uh, very happy so yeah last year when I got there I don't know why I just seemed to click a little bit with the circuit at the first race I, I led that and then I managed to lead each race and unfortunately crashed in race two but then got my best result of the year in, in race three so yeah, I can't wait to go back. I'm sure it'll be close as ever with the racing. And we've got a test there on the 9th of April as well. So it's nice to ride at that track uh, before we start racing there. Yeah, that's going to be critical, actually, isn't it? But what's interesting this year is that I think it's fair to say the three main men from the last few years are gone. We haven't got Shaky Bird on the grid. We don't have Leon Haslam. We don't have Jake Dixon. But 
it's left us with this amazing situation of genuinely not knowing what is going to happen. Is it fair to say you are one of the favourites as you're one of the few men actually on the same bike and with the same team? Yeah, I don't know about a favourite, but yeah, but there's only, I think it's me and Brad Ray are the only people that have stayed in the same team and the bike hasn't changed. It's like even Chris Nidden and, and Bridewell, who are both in the same team, they've both got new bikes. So it's nice for me being a rookie last year, coming back with the same team with a bit of continuity, the same bike. And instead of going to the tracks to learn how to ride a superbike, I can sort of just go back again and try and improve on last year, really. So I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, it all goes OK. Of course, as always, the focus is going to be podium credits, podium credits, podium credits until we get to the showdown. But is it fair to say that maybe for guys like you and Brad Ray, you can try and take advantage early on in the season while everyone else is getting used to their new bikes and new teams. Yeah, that's sort of the plan, really. I guess the new bikes that are coming out, they'll be up to speed before round one, but I guess with a bit of development during the year, they might not be as strong at round one as they will be at round 12. So we sort of got to try and capitalise on that, really. So as you said before, it's probably as open as it, it ever been. Over the past few years, there's always been shaky or Leon or always been like a, a favourite almost for the championship, whereas... This year, it's pretty uh, wide open. So if we just go through the grid, won't mention everyone, obviously, because there's a lot of people there, but just a few of the standout names. Obviously, Jason Halloran, first of all, he's your teammate now at McCam's Yamaha. He switched from Honda. We know he's a quick peddler, don't we? Yeah, he's sat next to me now, so I shouldn't say anything too bad about him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he, the test at the end of last year was perfect for him, really, because he's been on the Honda for so long. So he got got a taste of the, the R1 and really enjoyed it. So I'm... Um, He's uh, pretty good at the test, so I'm sure he'll come out at round one uh, out the blocks fast. He was, I think, he was saying last year he at Silverstone he was, well, he was in the front group in every race. I think so. Got to be a little bit worried about him. I think. Well, I think it's only fair then that he has his own say. Put him on for a second, Taz. Let's have a quick word with Jason. Here he is. Hi, Jason. It's Greg. How's it looking? Anything you want to say back about Taz? Um, yeah, I think uh, if I'm completely honest, I think you know if, if I want to if I want to win a race in the first round, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to beat him. So um, you know, I think uh, he's one of the one of the main guys in the championship now. He he done a really good job last year, and you know after riding after riding the bike in December, I, I also know what tools he's got. So um, so yeah, I think uh, I think I think we'll both be strong. I think yeah yeah. You can never you can never pick just one or two guys because as BSB shown over the years, there's so many guys that um, that are strong. So I'm looking forward to the year ahead, and you know I think it's going to be super tough. Um, you know I think the the fans are going to be the winners because they're going to see some some great racing this year, uh, and hopefully hopefully I'm I'm in amongst it. Yeah, absolutely, it's going to be so close. Well, while you're both on the line, let's have a bit of a general chat about the grid then. Um, Scott Redding, all the attention's on Scott Redding, isn't he? He's coming into BYZ Ducati. Him and Josh Brooks is going to be an interesting combination, isn't it? What do you both reckon? Um, I, I think Scott's going to be really good. I, I think I think there's a mixed mixed opinion on it, as in, you know, what's he going to be like on the UK tracks, or what's the Ducati going to be like? But you know, at the end of the day, he's come from MotoGP, and you know, I, I think he he's done a lot of riding. If you you know follow him on social, and he's been doing a lot of riding, so I think he'll be strong. I actually think he'll be stronger than Brooks, but um, yeah, we'll see see how that see how that works out. Um, so yeah, I think you. I think you'll do good. Yeah, it's basically what Jason said. Really, if you look over on social media, he's been to a lot of tracks on his practice bike, getting used to the Pirelli tyres. Oh. I'm sure Scott won't have a problem uh, making the transition over to BSB. 
And how do you think that transition is going to be, Taz, if you compare it with, let's say, Leon Haslam, who's had a few difficulties in testing, not so much in Australia with the way the track is, but in testing, going back from no electronics in BSB to all the electronic aids in World Superbikes. How's that going to be for Scott Redding going from a Grand Prix prototype machine to a, a relatively basic BSB bike without all of these spec electronic, uh, sorry, without all these electronic aids? Or Yeah, uh, I'm sure you'd be able to tell you a better answer than me, but as I said, you've been riding that practice bike with no electronics on, I don't think, and, and the Pirelli tyres, so he's not stupid. He shows that he's there to do a job in BSB, so he's preparing himself uh, as good as possible, really. So, uh, again, it might, the track, some tracks he might be stronger at than others, like Aston and, and Silverstone and Donington tracks he's been at before, but I, I don't, I'm, uh, not taking anything for granted. I think he'll be faster at Alton and Cadwell and, and not kill. He's, uh, yeah, he's obviously a massive talent and on a good day in GP he can finish on the podium. So, uh, I'm, yeah, a little bit worried about it. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be absolutely going for it. There's no doubt about that. If we just go back to you for a second, Jason, we'll talk about Xavi Forrest because he's on your old bike, the Honda. He's come from World Superbikes to British Superbikes. Do you reckon the tracks are going to be the biggest challenge for him though? Because they are going to be so different, generally speaking, aren't they? And I think he only knows two or three of the British circuits. Yeah, I think um, you know, for anyone. For anyone coming to BSB in their in their first year, no matter how good or bad a rider they are, it's, it's difficult. Um, you know, but again, uh, Chavi's a bit like um, like Scott. You know, he's he's come from World Superbike. He's you know he, he's finished on the rostrum last year there, and and he's um, he's got you know he's got a good CV. So if anyone's gonna gonna get on with it and, and make it happen, I'm sure I'm sure he can do it. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, and you know, I guess. Yeah, as, as time ticks over, we'll see see what sort of results they can get together. So, um, so yeah, we'll have to see how it all plays out. But hopefully he gets on well, gets in the mix, and, and it's just another guy to, to fight with at the front. And then, obviously, Leon Haslam's gone off to World Superbikes, as we said. So the JG Speedfit Kawasaki team has now got Glenn Irwin and Ben Curry. They're going to be up there, aren't they? They're all thereabouts, you have to imagine. Yeah, I think Glenn uh, has obviously been on the Ducati the past few years. I'd say the... The Kawasaki's probably a bit more of a neutral, normal bike to ride. So uh, I think he tested on it at the end of last year. And obviously, Leon finished on the podium in nearly every race. And he he was he was at the front at every round. So that bike is obviously, over a whole season, is, uh, is as strong as anything. So um, I'm, he's got all Leon's data and everything. So I think... Uh, yeah, there's no reason why he's not going to fight at, at the front. And um, Ben Curry obviously had a really good year last year in Super Sport. And uh, from the sounds of it, went all right in the test at the end of last year too. So, uh, yeah, they're another sh- strong team. They've obviously never ridden for the, that, that team before. So, um, yeah, again, uh, yeah, Glenn will be a title contender. I'm definitely proud of that. Something James Whittam always says is that BSB is often so varied because all the circuits are so different. We've got such a range, haven't we, if you compare it to, let's say, World Superbikes. Should we expect the same again this year? Are we going to see particular bikes with particular riders being particularly strong on certain tracks, or is that going to change this year because everything's been mixed up anyway? Uh, it, it's, it's hard to tell until we get going, but I think I think this year you'll, you'll see more winners. Um, you know, I think there'll be more of a mix of winners, and it might it might shuffle around a little bit more throughout the season. Where, 
you know, in previous season, like we've had Leon last year and Shaky in previous years, where they they seem to do a lot of winning and everyone else is sort of fighting for the the next step on the podium. So, I think this year with it being more open, um, you know, I'm sure each bike's going to have its strengths at, at certain tracks, um, and maybe the riders will as well. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think this year you'll see a, a more, you know many more winners throughout the year and just finally guys obviously as we said you're off to Monte Blanca you'll be there very soon no doubt what is the general plan for the test for you guys you've got quite a few days haven't you at the, at the track there but what are you looking to improve with the bike without giving away too many secrets uh, we've got a couple of things to try that Yamaha have sent over and, and from the new guys that have come into the team they've got a few ideas uh, just set up wise really so there's not a big long list of things to test really I think a good test for us too would just to come away with a good feeling on the bike and obviously Jason understanding the Yamaha a little bit more and and as I said before, just confirming everything that we tried at the end of last year to see if uh, it works on a, another track. So, uh, yeah, I've I've been to Monte Blanco a few years ago, but I've never been to Portimao, so, yeah, it'd be nice to learn a new track and, and ride the bike at a different track to see how it, how it reacts. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're going to love it there. It's a spectacular place. I'd like to watch BSB bikes there trackside, actually. That would be amazing to see. But just looking at Silverstone as the very last question, what would you be happy with at Silverstone? Are you going in there hoping to win immediately or is it podiums? What's the plan? Two, two top 15s, I think. If I can get that, I'll be happy. <laughs> no, if I, going into my second year with the same team and buying and uh, obviously all the, the things you said before with people changing teams and bikes. And I finished on the podium there last year, so if I finish Silverstone with two podiums then uh, yeah I'll be, be happy and who will be the top McCams Yamaha rider this year we'll tell you that's a million dollar question Greg we'll tell you that at the end of the year <laughs> okay fair enough thanks very much guys and have a really good test out there thank you well, that was great to get a word with Jason as well, wasn't it, there? But those two very good together as teammates, and you have to think they'll play it well together this year. McCam's Yamaha's lineup there of Tara McKenzie and Jason Halloran in 2019. But what a year of BSB it's going to be. One man who's going to be at the rounds as well, of course, is Neil McKenzie, the father of Taron and Taylor. Eurosport's very own and a former racer and indeed BSB champion himself. So I wonder what Neil's up to. So Father Mackenzie's on the line as well now, a bit like uh, Eleanor Rigby this, isn't it? But uh, Neil, just back from Qatar, then you're off tomorrow as we record this to Monte Blanco. So you're a man of uh, international mystery, aren't you? Yeah, well, not much of a mystery, just the bike, not really. I had the opportunity to go to Qatar actually to look after two of the boys' sponsors they wanted to go. So I uh, stuck my hand up for that job. Actually, Taylor came out as well. But yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing opening MotoGP round of the year, all the new bikes and everything happening and, and a bit of sunshine this time of year doesn't go wrong so yeah it, it was great I'm sure everyone saw all the action over the weekend but yeah thoroughly enjoyable it was excellent wasn't it I wasn't watching live over the weekend but I was watching it back last night and I mean Mark Mark is on that last lap his riding control is unbelievable isn't it well yeah I mean for the fan watching the, the great thing is that you know he's going to have a go he's a racer he's not going to sit there and take the points and that's just the, the best thing for any armchair enthusiast is, is racers that are prepared to have a go there's there's some out there that'll play the long game but he yeah he, he wants to win another championship but he'll also have a go no matter who he's battling with he's got he's got something up his sleeve whether he pulls it off or not so another matter but it's always just so exciting to, to just sort of 
uh, just wonder at what he's going to come up with next or what movie he's going to pull. So it's so a great entertainment. Neil, you're an ex-top 500 racer, of course, in Grand Prix racing. What do you make of this Ducati situation? Because Davizioso rode brilliantly again, but now there's this situation going on saying the result could actually be decided in court. What's that all about? Yeah, well, the nature of, of racing is the, the rules are there to be adhered to, obviously, but if there's some, it's just great that there's still, in this in these days of so many one-make championships and, and set rules with control ECUs, it's great there's still some sort of room for manoeuvre and some opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily, no, no one's cheating, they're, they're looking for any kind of little loopholes or, or ways and advantage, and that's the way racing is, so... I, I don't believe there's anyone in the paddock that's thinking anyone's blatantly cheating, but um, if they're looking like they've got a, a very strong motorbike and, and no one else is going to get close, then I'm sure that as much as the guys are looking to find an advantage, the competition's going to uh, do their very best to take that away as well. So that's, that's normal. It's, it makes great copy and it's great stories on social media, but I don't feel like there's anyone doing anything really criminal out there but we'll, we'll see see where it all ends up yeah then in Moto3 it was great to see Kaito Toba winning I thought first Japanese winner in the Moto3 category I remember commentating on him in the Asia Talent Cup it just proves how the system is working doesn't it he was the champion there in 2014 the very first one and there you go he's won a Grand Prix in Moto3 very much so and I'd forgot how long it had been since the Japanese rider had won in the junior class because they used to be so strong, certainly back in my day with Nobio Eda and Sakata and the Uchi Ui. So there was some great guys out there. But, um, yeah, it's great to see. And, and also, you mentioned the Asia Talent Cup, which is brilliant, but Toba also did a couple of years in the Red Bull Rookie Series, which I'm involved in. And while he won a race, so they had the odd podium there, he wasn't stand out, but he was there for a reason. And I know Nakamoto at the time uh, kept a close eye on him along with Ayumi Sasaki. So uh, he obviously proved his worth and, and to see him getting that win on Sunday was great. And and also more to another ex-Red Bull rookie, Baldessari as well. So for me, I've always got my, my Red Bull uh, MotoGP Rookies Cup hat on so it's great to see that they're coming through and doing their stuff Well I remember Toprak Razgatioglu racing there as well I mean he was a really hard charge and then wasn't yeah. it? And again look what he's doing in World Superbikes now it just proves how good the series is I suppose Very much so there's a lot of ex-rookies that are having successful careers not necessarily in Moto3, Moto2 or MotoGP and Toprak again Toprak was actually he was always tall for his age but there was no question of his talent Yeah. Uh, and, and his skills we know he's an incredible stunt rider and he did some serious stunts on the little bikes as well, big old stoppies and wheelies and all kinds of things. So, um, yeah, there was no question that he was always going to go well when he got a bike that actually fitted him. So uh, I really liked Top Rack. I liked him from, from day one when he appeared in the Rookies, and I'm still friends with him now. And and, and he's just he's just matured into this great rider. He's a friendly guy. He didn't speak a word of English when he was in the Rookies, but speaks perfect English now. And and he's just a really lovable character that you want you want great success for. And then final thing from Qatar, Neil. Obviously, we've spoken about MotoGP and Moto3. Is Moto2 in a completely new sound? The Honda engines, which I like the sound of, have gone. But now we've got the triple, the Triumph. Yeah. And it, it was such a different experience actually watching that race just on the TV and hearing that that sound. It is. Yeah. The first thing is obviously the change in sound, which is very welcome. The the screaming CBR 600 engines had done their bit and served the time, and it was time to have a change. So, so to hear that deep grunt and, and roar of the triple out there is just 
fantastic. And you can see the riders are riding them a little bit different. They've got more torque, so they're squaring off corners a little bit. They've not got the ultimate all-out corner speed they did when they were using the Honda engine. So things have changed, and you can see the riders are a little bit more physical on them. The racing maybe wasn't super close, but the the, the competitiveness is, is still there. At the moment, the Calix chassis have got a huge advantage. Dave, that was always going to be the case, that one chassis manufacturer would get it right and then the others would be playing catch-up. So Calix seemed to be the best. The old top 10 were in Calix, and the next best was the speed-up, I believe, and then KTM's after that. So KTM's have, are there to to do some winning they've got a strong lineup of riders but the performance wasn't there with their chassis the weekend so i'm sure they're scratching their heads and working hard back in austria to put things to right yeah they seem to have been complaining about chatter all through testing and still don't they but yeah so good to see mv back in grand prix racing as well all right well that's motor gp neil we'll go quickly across to bsb because we've just heard from taz and jason who are on their way to monte blanco you're going to be catching them up tomorrow as well Crucial, crucial test now then for BSB. Not that long to go into the Silverstone. Yeah, it is. There's been a testing ban this winter, which is great, and especially for the likes of BMW and Ducati who have new bikes, so they've had more time to get prepared. So it's uh, it's been a longer winter on that side of things, but all the guys are down there now. They're all fit and ready to get going, and, and it's a whole new world in BSB this year. We just Firstly, the bikes that I mentioned, there's a new S1000RR and the new... Uh, before our Panigale and lots of riders changing teams so it's a real good shake-up it's really refreshing there's lots of youngsters in there and the off-season has been just amazing the build-up and, and the stories and and everything that's going on people like Scott Redding coming to the championship so it's really has been a, a great off-season that's kind of got us through all the anticipation and wondering what's who's going where and who's doing what so it really is going to be interesting. These there was five days of total of testing the guys have got this week, so it will be, it will be good to see. Who do you reckon it's going to be more difficult for Neil? Because we've just been speaking with Taz and Jason, comparing Xavi Forres on the Honda coming from World Superbikes, yeah. and Scott Redding on the Ducati coming from MotoGP. It's I don't know what how to call it actually. It's I mean no one really seems to know quite what's going to happen. Now the bottom line is it's going to be difficult for everyone. The, there's so much talent out there. I mean, Scott Redding's talent speaks for himself and have no uh, fear that he will be there. He's going to be right there and testing. He'll get that bike working well and and his class is, is sort of, uh, uh, without question. So he, he's going to be there. Josh Brooks, I think, will be solid because he's a clever rider. He'll take his time. He's very methodical. Uh, even though it's a new bike, but he's he's done his time in BSB, so he's he's going to be strong. Xavi Forez, yeah, again, question. There's no question of his talent, but he's got a bike that, on paper, hasn't been the most competitive over the last few years, and he is coming to new tracks and a different culture and a different championship. So, I'm sure he's very upbeat at the moment, very positive. Um, his riding skills say that he can do the business, but there's a lot more elements to BSB than than just being a fantastic talent. So, um, if you had to pick these kind of that that bunch of the new bunch, Chavi, I think, uh, will be the one that that has to work the hardest and and make things happen. And what about Taz this year? And Taylor as well, of course, in Stock Thousand. What do you reckon their chances are? Sure, I don't want to put too much pressure on, but surely Taz. He's in a strong position here. He, he is, and he's great within himself. He is uh, no way 
worried or stressed. He's he's confident, but he's not cocky. He's just in a good place within himself. He he's he's had his year, his rookie year on the superbike. He loves the R1 Yamaha. It just suits him. He's got uh, the continuity of the team around him. He's worked with these guys off and on now for three years, so he's he's very much ensconced in that team. He knows everyone really well as friends, but they they gel and they work really well together. And he he's got the backing of Yamaha, so he's he's in a great position. He's obviously studied the opposition as well, and he totally respects them, but also is ready to have a race to race with them. And and for him, it's exciting. The likes of uh, Reading, Josh Brooks is going to be there, Glenn over and another championship contender. All these guys with lots of experience. So Taron's really ready to pitch himself against the best and, and see where he, where he comes out. But in his head, he's, he's, he, he wants to be a regular brush from finisher. And of course, the BSB thing is all about the showdown for the first two thirds of the season. So yeah. he wants to be finishing on the podium, bringing it home, scoring points. Um, he doesn't want to race yet, so he wants to take that box off. So he, he's really in, in a good place, as I said, physically and also with the experience and the team and the bike. So on paper, uh, he hopefully won't be too far away. But of course, anything can happen in, in bike racing. But um, yeah, I've, I've got to, to tip him as one of the contenders. Mm. And also Taylor with the Stock 1000 Championship. He's back with the Badham's BMW guys. He's won that championship before. He's on a bike that he's very familiar with and a team that's well-organised, well-funded, uh, both with uh, well, everything that they need to go racing. So so both lads in a really good place. And of course, this weekend we got more racing because we've got World Superbikes in Thailand. Alvaro Bautista did the treble, of course, historically in Australia three weeks earlier. Yeah. Can he do it again? Surely with all the straights, he's going to be pretty difficult to beat. Although he was particularly strong out of that last corner in Australia, wasn't he? I'm not sure if he's going to be quite so far ahead this time. Well... If he does win all three races, then, then, yeah, the guys have really got to dig deep to make things happen. Well, if he does, Neil, sorry to cut in, if he does win all three, does that mean the championship's got a bit of a problem? Is that too much of an advantage for that bike? Well, my, I mean, I, we all want close racing. And while I, I really admired and enjoyed seeing what he, he did in Phillip Island, I think that was the best possible scenario for him to kick the season off. He'd been there in October, been competitive in MotoGP, fighting for podiums on a on a bike not dissimilar to what he, he rode. So um, he's a little guy. He fits on that bike. It's a small bike. He's good at Phillip Island, always has been, and he just was in, in a great place, and it seemed to manage tyres very well. So he really had everything in the palm of his hand to do what he did. Would would have been nice if he didn't win with such a huge advantage. <laughs> However, um, yeah, this will be this will definitely be interesting to see what the outcome of this uh, Bury Run is and how the Ducati performs there. I've heard it's not the strongest on the brakes. Getting it stopped is is maybe not its strongest point. And Phillip Island, there's not really a lot of hard braking, so that maybe helped down there. Um, I think secretly Johnny Ray as well is is enjoying this like a proper challenge where he has to dig mm, super deep yeah. to make it happen. And I think if anything, this will bring, this will suit him even more that he has to dig so deep and prove a point and get the, get even more out of the Kawasaki because he seemed to have plenty in hand last year. So um, he's going to up his game. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it'll be closer. I think Johnny's going to have a fighting chance there. I think Leon's going to be there or thereabouts all year. And, and hopefully the other Ducati's 
get going as well. It was, um, I think it was the Batista factor in Phillip Island that, that made things so good because there's other Ducatis out there, Eugene and Chaz, and they were very much in the pack. Um, and they have, have very much, very similar equipment. So I think it really was a Batista factor in Phillip Island and things will be hopefully a bit closer as the season progresses. He says optimistically. <laughs> well, that's very true, actually, isn't it? He, he says, yeah. But it just shows how much that public perception, how important it is, isn't it? Because like you say, had Batista not been as brilliant as he was, yeah. all the headlines and all the talk would have been about the new V4 Ducati struggling as it happens. It was an amazing debut. Yeah, same. I mean, I mean, for Ducati, it's amazing. Went on Sunday, selling Monday, so it was the perfect debut yeah. for that bike, and it it was good to see it. It's good. It was again, it was a great talking point. But we'll we'll see as the season progresses. I I feel like the the guys are. I don't think Johnny Ray is is. Oh, he's, it's not that he's not worried, but he's he's confident that they can bring it back. And and as Philip Island goes historically, that was quite a good one for him. So. I don't think anyone's panicking just yet, but it's great to see that what the potential is and and that it's going to make the other guys dig deep and and hopefully take it to to the new Vivo Ducati. Well, Neil, thanks a lot for your time. All right, cheers, Greg. Great stuff. Thank you very much to the two Mackenzies there, Neil and Taryn, and of course to Jason O'Halloran as well. And watch out for updates over the next few days from the Monte Blanco and then the Portimao Bennett British Superbike Championship tests. And of course, at the same time, if you can keep up with it all, the live Eurosport coverage from round two of the World Superbike Championship at Buriram in Thailand. Matt Roberts will be in the studio with James Hayden and Shaky Byrne. I'll be commentating with James Whittam. And as Neil said, are we going to get, once again, another treble for Alvaro Bautista? Surely not. Surely he can't do it again, can he? We will find out over the next few days. All of the live coverage then, early, of course, on Saturday and Sunday, and then highlights later on in the day and through next week as well. That's all from the podcast. We'll be back with all of the reaction from Thailand next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.